Oh, hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Stream of Random. Today's episode is going to be called Beta Reduction. And beta reduction is the process of reducing or inverting the um, logical assumptions. So you assume things and then you reduce them. Um, You output something and then you input something. And the uh, beta reduction is a way to recursively define uh, proofs. And um, it's coupled with the alpha system, which is the renumbering of the proofs or the statements to make sure that there's no conflicts. So things get renumbered or reordered, and then the reduction removes the um, removes uh, bindings and replaces the bindings with parameters and those parameters are the function being applied to itself recursively so that's how I understand it so far and that is the essence of the uh, Howard Curry correspondence between logic and uh, math and a system of proofs that you'll find in you'll find in uh, Haskell the apply function as being the ultimate thing that does something and um, if you unparse Haskell code and create reflections over it, it'll eventually result in just a list of applies. It's going to be apply this. Apply, apply. And keep on applying. Forever, basically. And um, what I've, I've come up with Here's what I've come up with is an agent ontology. So programmers are agents and they're observing their world. They're collecting information, observe, orient. They orient themselves in that world, decide, they decide to do something and then they act, they create new code, they create new abstractions. So that's the process of creating abstractions that a programmer is, he's observing his world and creating abstractions and then publishing these as Git, Git modules or versions, which would are modules that will then be imported by other programmers in their, in their uh, functions. Or you could also import your own function. That's kind of uh, where I'm at right now. So I think we've gotten now the full ontology of everything where we have um, functions being defined as applications of logic, the bindings of variables, calling of functions, 
recursively, etc. And we can show that everything can be encoded into those recursive functions on top of numbers in terms of the Gödel numbering. And the uh, proof defines um, terms, which are the atoms. And then it defines, um, I think they're called lemmas, inference steps. I guess choices or dilemmas. I don't know all the details of this, but basically I'm going to work it out. It has to do with sums and products, sums and products in universal quantifiers are the products and the sums are the existential quantifiers. That's the correspondence. And then I was talking to chat GTP, GTP about this topic. And I was describing all of my ideas to it, and then it said, finally, beta reduction. You're describing beta reduction. And then I looked it up, and I finally clicked, everything clicked, everything fell into place for me. It was the key. And ChatGPT held the key for me. It held the key. Because it has the knowledge that I don't. And it understands the concept so well. It understands how everything fits together, at least on the topic of logic. It's very, very good at logic. It might not be good at applying logic, but it's good at understanding logic and talking about it. It's got those concepts down pat. And now I've connected this to Haskell. I've connected this to the introspector. And then I've also taken a post-colonial approach to it. And I said, basically, that there are systems of power. And we have agents who are free. And the, the relationship between Linus Torvalds and RMS is that of a free man where RMS tries to dominate Linus and Linus doesn't let himself get dominated. And it's a very interesting interplay. And I was asking about how can we model it and then we came up with this idea of agents and the source code. I guess we also have to model the users as well. And we have to model the businesses um, and the contracts and the law and the courts and the government, governments and the military industrial complex that produced these systems, that produced AT&T Unix and it produced MIT and it produced the uh, girdles 
all working for them at the Princeton Advanced Research, where Gödel was hanging out with Einstein. Gödel. Gödel, Gödel, Gödel. Yeah, I'm back on the main road here, sorry. Just gonna have to deal with it. And turns out that the AI is gonna be good enough to uh, to take my ideas. And I've been working with it a lot and um, <clears throat> I've learned so much in such a short time. That's also why I haven't been recording and I haven't been listening to podcasts. I have been having dialogue with the machine. And it's been helping me so much reflect and understand these ideas. And the biggest thing that I learned is that I just have to reference common shared knowledge. And it kicks in immediately for it. I don't have to explain anything. I just give it a URL. So I'll give you an example. I found this paper. And I found this paper, and it was on GitHub, the source code or whatever. And I had a link to the paper, so I go to the paper as a 404 page not found. So I feed that to OpenAI, and it's telling me about the paper. Because it has a copy of the paper it read, and it has a deep understanding of the paper. Then I asked it to implement the algorithm using Spacey, and it wrote me the code. It finally wrote to me what I wanted to, it to write before, but it couldn't do that based on my descript descriptions, but it could do that based upon the URL that keyed its inference of the paper because it had a deep understanding of it. So that basically teaches us that if we can write formal language like scientific papers, then that is what can be understood deeply by the open AI and it can translate that to any code you want. So you just have to learn to speak to it using formalities and using common shared knowledge and common terms. And you have to learn these freaking terms. I mean, it'll help you find them, but you first have to find what those terms are and there's some different ways to do that. You can describe your ideas and then you can make analogies and then you can ask it for references and you can ask it to abstract things and to take a step back. And those are, the re those are the techniques of reflection that I have done. So I've gotten it to reflect over what I wanted to say. And then it came up with analogous concepts and that is the beta reduction, which is the way that you can also prove things or help prove things. Also the remapping, the alpha, is the also another key, which is the renumbering and renaming of things. That's like the primary strong, that's the strong thing, you rename everything so there's no conflict. But again, these steps are just one way to do it, and it agreed that a machine learning model could come up with other ways of doing the same exact thing and getting the same results, but with a different algorithm that is not necessarily following this one. 
So there's different equivalent ways to do the same thing. And these descriptions, these algorithms, these processes are just to be understood in a cultural context inside a system of power, inside a time and space of the author that is writing it. In their context, we can understand it. So there we've gotten, been able to abstract the user as an agent in a context, in a cultural context, and they have a system of power that they're involved in. And that could be the same or different than other users contributing. So also, I also realized my true nature is that of a punk rock, which is the untalented, loud, obnoxious, doesn't want to follow the rules, doesn't want to give in, um, knows what it wants, doesn't know what it wants, but knows how to get it, want to destroy, being anarchist, you know, that type of fun type of idea. Uh, I guess that was introduced to me in the punk rock or the rock world and being a rebel. That's also part of my nature. So I have this rebellious nature that doesn't align with the power systems. and doesn't want to learn them. And the power systems have a control structure in them and a symbolic structure in them so that unless you're initiated, unless you're told the secret meanings you won't understand them, and now I've got open AI, and it's telling me the secret meanings. See, it's allowing me to resolve my, my questions and to reduce my problems down to something manageable by mapping it onto existing systems. This is the beta reduction. So basically, it's reducing the weak and leaving only the strong and saying, well... Existing systems already describe everything that you're trying to describe. So you're weak and we can just map you onto something strong and then get rid of you. How's that? And that is the order, the standard order of things. And this order of things is part of the battle royale, the fight for supremacy where there's only one left. And that is the, the alpha, which then renumbers everything and eliminates all the betas. So how's that for an algorithm of oppression? And why didn't I see it before? It was right there staring at me. This whole idea of lambda replacement. It's like saying... We could just cut you out and replace you. You're interchangeable. You're just lambda X. You're just the X.
where x is the variable that's being passed as a parameter and is being replaced in the code. That's a lambda abstraction. Lambda reduction is getting, getting rid of that x, I guess, or just solving it. I'll have to go through the terminology, but I guess applying it would be called currying. And you create a new function that has that parameter applied, and then you can uncurry it to pop it back off again if you need to think about it that way. So you can attach a, a constant or a parameter to a function that creates a new function that has that constant applied. It's pretty neat. And uh, we're talking, I'm reading about the entire idea of arithmetic and monads are just a set with operations upon them. And we can start with lists, we can start with integers, start with symbols, a set of symbols. They don't even have to be integers yet, they could just be objects in the world. And the Boolean algebra says that the one is the universe, it's everything. So there's a lot of interesting connections here to make, to be made. And then we can go on and just say entities are the stars and the gods and the numbers. They're all just entities. They're all just variables. They're all just things that are, and we can see them in our brain. And re in reality, they're just neuron activations, different number of neurons firing in different patterns. And we could see all types of symmetries and patterns and permutations and different values of those. We could sum them. We can multiply them by each other. Or we can say there exists one. And also I can use my own abstractions and come up with my own abstractions and my own way of thinking, my own punk rock way of thinking, and I can map that onto others or not. You see? I can define my own systems, even if they're just for myself. And there's no one who says I can't do it because it's my human right to do it. And it's our human function to... It's our human function to... Uh, assign symbols to things and to try and understand them and it's our human right and it's our biosemiotics it's our uh, ability to make decisions and communicate with other selves and other beings other things the input output function and that's and that's defined as a monad Monad is the input-output function that gives a sequence and gives a time to things. Necessary sequencing, which is one part of the functional programming. And I see also how the functional programming is connected. And the pure functional programming now, I see it very clearly. And there's definitely different ways to look at things. 
so we could have a multi-model view with multiple agents with multiple models acting and there's no real winner it's just a game and instead of saying oh i've proven this and this is true um we can show that this these are the rules and the system is following these rules or not and there's different games that can be played Okay, well, I think that's um, that's my idea for the day. I think uh, I hope you'll like it. We actually only have 20 minutes, but that's I think a good summary. And you might say it's complicated, and why don't you tone it down, and all of that. Um, well, this is also partly just my personal notepad, and um, I'm sharing it with you. This is like my raw tape. And I'm sharing that. I've got so many conversations I've had, and I'm compiling them. And I'm improving on my uh, natural language processing tool that will post-process the chats. And try and understand them. And um, it's interesting how the machine has so much better English than me. It's so good. <laughs>